You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. We move forward this week. There will be more reaction from the loss to Georgia this past Saturday as Jeremy Pruitt met with the media. He has an update on Tennessee's quarterback situation. We'll get to that here in the first segment of the show, and I'll give some more thoughts there as Tennessee's offense tries to fix a number of issues from this past weekend. There are still positives, I think, to take away from the defensive side, which needs to improve, but I think is in a pretty good starting point, if that's the right way to describe it, coming out of the weekend. Jeremy Pruitt will talk about that in segment number two of today's show, the defensive positives and what they still need to work on moving forward. And then in segment number three, I'm going to talk to Blake Lovell from Blue Ribbon Yearbook and We'll talk about what happened on Saturday and what the appropriate reaction should be as Tennessee gets ready for Kentucky coming up on Saturday. Tennessee has two more games to go before the off week. Kentucky this week, Alabama next week. It'll be a 3.30 game on CBS next Saturday when Tennessee hosts Alabama. So let's get to it here on Locked on Vols, today presented by rockauto.com and builtbar.com. The show is here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee And it feels like a conversation that we've had over and over and over again, and that is the status of Tennessee's quarterback position. In 2018, I think there was a little bit of frustration with Jarrett Garantano, but that was a season with such low expectations. Tennessee had that big road win against Auburn, so you kind of just managed through. And then last year, we went into the season with Jarrett, I think, having bigger expectations as a fourth-year player in the program, and he did not come close to living up to those In September, Garantano was benched for Brian Maurer in the Georgia game and continued to come in as a backup through a number of games before regaining his starting position at the end of last season. Did not play well in the bowl game, still helped Tennessee come back to win the game, and then went into this season again as the starter, as a fifth-year senior for Tennessee. And the first two games overall went pretty well. He was not perfect in the first game by any means, but didn't really do anything to hurt Tennessee. This past Saturday, he did. He turned the ball over in the second half. That was very costly. He was one of many players on the offensive side, of course, who struggled, which I talked about on Monday's show, and everybody has talked about at this point. But that still has brought the questions back up again. Is Jarrett Garantano for sure Tennessee's quarterback? Would Jeremy Pruitt consider making a change heading into the Kentucky game? Jeremy Pruitt was asked that on Monday when he met with the media. What's the latest with your quarterback position? Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said as he talks about the quarterback spot as well as the rest of the offense. Jared's our quarterback. Uh, he, he's the, he gives us the best opportunity to have success. Um, you know, when you got first and 20, uh, it, it's tough to make first downs. When you got second and, and 15, it's tough to make first downs. Uh, we didn't do a very good job protecting. We didn't play very fast on the perimeter. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's the way the game goes, right? I played quarterback. When you have a lot of success, a quarterback gets probably too much credit. When you don't have success, quarterback probably gets too much blame. Uh, you know, there's offensively our struggle Saturday were not because of one independent person. Uh, it was a team effort. Uh, we understand that. Uh, starts with us as coaches. Uh, to put our guys in a better position to have success. And then uh, from a player standpoint, we got to own it and we've got to do a better job executing. 
Jeremy Pruitt says Jarrett Garantano is Tennessee's quarterback and that he gives Tennessee the best chance to have success on the field. So he's going to be the starter against Kentucky. That's the answer I expected right now. I would still think that that's probably true. But as I said on Monday, if you're asking the question, why is Tennessee not making a change at quarterback, then you're asking the wrong question. The question should be, why has Tennessee not found a quarterback that the coaches believe is a better option? Tennessee has four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. One of them was not recruited by this coaching staff. That's Jarrett Garantano. This staff has signed Brian Maurer, J.T. Shrout, and Harrison Bailey. But the staff also believes that Garantano is the best quarterback option for them right now. And if Jarrett goes out there and plays well on Saturday, then they'll move forward. If he continues to turn the football over, Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney might reconsider their current thought that Jarrett gives them the best chance to go out there and succeed. But I look back at this past Saturday, and I really do ask, what difference would J.T. Shrout or Brian Maurer have made against Georgia? Could they have made a couple of plays? I guess so, but so did Jarrett. He hit those two deep balls in the first half that led to the two touchdowns for Tennessee. The passes to Josh Palmer that ended in a couple of scores and helped Tennessee take a 21-17 lead into the half. In the second half, with that pressure coming, would Shrout or Maurer have handled that any better? I mean, maybe they don't turn it over every time. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, There's obviously no way to know, but Tennessee's not getting out of that. So if you're punting, maybe you lose by less. I mean, there's that. Is that really a big positive for your offense? The issue would still come back to the offensive line. And that to me is, it's the starting point of this conversation. Going into the Georgia game, which position group did we talk about that would give Tennessee the best chance to compete with Georgia? It was the offensive line. The offensive line had big expectations. Tennessee's quarterback did not. So when the offensive line underachieved and the quarterback underachieved, why do we get upset about the quarterback play instead of the offensive line? Well, it's because of what Jeremy Pruitt just said there. You play quarterback, more attention is going to be on you, and more reaction is going to be on how you play compared to what happens at left guard or at one of your tackle positions. That's just the way that it is. And at this point, I imagine that Jarrett Garantano is used to it. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean it's right, but that's just the way that it goes. And again, if Jarrett has more issues with turning the ball over, then I don't think his job will be secure as Tennessee's quarterback. I think they would look at one of the other guys. If if Jarrett goes out there and turns the ball over twice in the first half against Kentucky, maybe we see a change this Saturday. My guess right now is that Tennessee's offense is going to respond well, that the offensive line will play better, that they'll be able to run with more success, and that that will help Jarrett. They'll be back at home at Neyland Stadium. Not that Home away is a big deal this year, but you'd rather be home than away. I don't think there's any question. So let's see how Jarrett performs this week. Right now, he's the guy, and that's exactly what I expected Jeremy Pruitt to say on Monday. But I also cannot sit here and guarantee that he's going to be the starting quarterback all season long. I don't know. I also don't know much about how JT Shrout and Brian Maurer have performed in practice. You might also be asking about Harrison Bailey. Why am I not mentioning his name? He's the highly touted quarterback who's a freshman that came in with big-time expectations. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about him in the next segment, but the quick answer would be, well, he's not getting the reps in practice. Until the coaches decide he should be repping higher on the depth chart in practice, I wouldn't expect him to be considered as an option on the field. But if you're asking why there hasn't been a change, maybe ask what are the coaches seeing or not seeing behind the scenes because the three backup quarterbacks are the quarterbacks that were signed by this coaching staff. But the quarterback that they inherited, Jared Garantano, is the one that Jeremy Pruitt, at least to this point, 
still seems to be standing behind solidly. And I get the frustration, by the way. If you're frustrated with what you've seen from Jarrett or just the constant issues that you seem to see against the high-level opponents and you're tired of it and you just want to see some change, I understand that completely. But if you're also thinking, well, how much worse could it get? Last year, Tennessee made a change, which at the time, I think, was probably the right move. But over the course of the season... It got worse, so they went back to Jarrett Garantano, and that's where Tennessee's going to go this week against Kentucky. What about the defensive side? Everything was not perfect against Georgia, but I think Tennessee's okay on that side of the ball. They need to get better. Jeremy Pruitt will talk about some of that coming up next, the defensive side of the ball, which is Jeremy Pruitt's specialty. We'll get to that right here on Locked on Vols, which today is presented by rockauto.com. You've heard me talk about the website. It's the website to go check out if you need auto parts for your vehicle, your car, your truck. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you are looking for a part for your vehicle, you can go to RockAuto.com and search through the catalog, which has a number of options. You can choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Because they have a number of options available, you can save money as opposed to going to a store in person and being given whatever kind of part they might have available, and then you pay whatever the price is. They have reliably low prices available for professionals and do-it-yourselfers when you go to rockauto.com. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The first segment was about the quarterback position and the offense, which has a number of things to figure out after week three. And they get to figure that out not having to face Georgia moving forward. That's a good thing. You have to go up against Kentucky and Alabama over the next couple of weeks. And Kentucky's no slouch. Alabama's defense has been a mess to start, but they still have players. But none of these teams Tennessee will face the rest of the way are Georgia. That's a positive. On the other side of the ball, though, for Tennessee, the defense has not been perfect. It has some things to figure out, I think, after three weeks. But Tennessee is trying to figure out less than some of the other schools in the SEC. And I, I really think that's the case looking back at the Georgia game. Again, Tennessee was not perfect. Georgia also has some players. They don't have a great quarterback by any means, but they have talent up front on the offensive line. They have talent at running back, some pretty good wide receivers. And I, I thought Tennessee's defense overall held up pretty well. You had the stops on the goal line at the end of the first half, the stop on fourth down that helped set up Tennessee's first touchdown pass. And overall, Tennessee did some good things on defense and took the ball away as well. In fact, that's something that Jeremy Pruitt talked about. Let's hear from Tennessee's head coach what he said to the media after looking back at the game, being able to see the film of what Tennessee's defense did against Georgia on Saturday. I thought there was a lot of guys that played really hard, um, you know, but we didn't always play smart. Um, you know, made a lot of mistakes. Um, on third down, uh, kept them on the field, had a couple of penalties there that uh, they converted on. Um, 
you know, so, but lot, lots of things that we can learn from from this game to improve on. Uh, the biggest thing is, is uh, it's, it's no different uh, week in and week out. Number one is you have to be able to take care of the football. Uh, you know, defensively, we did get two turnovers and a turnover on downs um, uh, twice. So uh, that, was, that was much improved there. And Tennessee is going to need more of that. Tennessee is going to need more of a pass rush. Having DeAndre Johnson out there would have helped. His penalty, getting him dismissed from the game, was not good for Tennessee's defense. I'm not saying that Tennessee would have been much better on that side of the ball, but it's going to be pass rush by committee. And Johnson so far has led the committee, at least in the first two games of the season. Tennessee needs to get off the field more, as Georgia was 8 of 16 on third downs. But again, in the third quarter, at the start of the third quarter, after Tennessee's turnovers, Tennessee's defense was able to get stops that led to field goals because of where Georgia was able to get the football. But Stetson Bennett's numbers were not big. And uh, Zamir White, the starting running back for Georgia, I think they should maybe look at that position moving forward, but that's a conversation for Georgia to have. But Zamir White had 22 rushes for 50 yards. That's a 2.3 yard per carry average against Tennessee's defense. So that's pretty good. If you look at some of the numbers through three weeks, how Tennessee compares in the SEC, if you look at total defense, Tennessee is fifth in the conference, one spot behind Kentucky, actually. So the Wildcats have done a pretty good job. They completely shut down Mike Leach's offense this past week. So total defense, Tennessee is fifth in the conference. Pass defense, Tennessee is fifth in the conference. Rush defense, Tennessee is eighth. So not as good there, but as I just mentioned, they did a good job of keeping Samir White in check. As the game went along, it became more difficult probably for Tennessee's defense. They might have been gassed in some areas as the game went along this past week. And then scoring defense, Tennessee is seventh. They just gave up a good amount of points to Georgia. Again, field position did not help the defense in how things looked in the second half of that game. So I, I just I really do think that there are a number of things to build on. Linebackers in coverage, I think, can be a problem for Tennessee's defense. They need to get that figured out. Coverage underneath in the middle of the field, those are some things to look at. And pass rush has to be better, more consistent for sure. I think that it will be with DeAndre Johnson, Kevon Bennett, Roman Harrison, and then let's see how Tyler Barron and Morvin Joseph, a couple of freshmen, factor in. Quavaris Crouch. Tennessee has guys to work with, and coming into the year, having to replace Daryl Taylor, how much should we talk about pass rush by committee? It's going to take a collection of players, and part of this is still betting on Jeremy Pruitt, figuring some things out for Tennessee defensively. But the way that Tennessee's defense responded against Missouri, the Tigers were able to move the football. They did hit some big plays. That's something that Tennessee, I think, will get cleaned up as the season goes along. And you did not see a bunch of big plays from Georgia's offense against Tennessee's defense this past weekend. I think that's a good positive sign for Tennessee. As the year goes along, I think as Tennessee's secondary is kind of back in order from a personnel standpoint and players up front get in better shape and Tennessee has pretty good depth there, then I think Tennessee will be better at getting teams off the field in third down situations. Just like Tennessee's offense, it needed to have second and third down situations that were more manageable. Tennessee's defense needs to put teams in second and third and long situations, and that'll give Tennessee a better chance of being able to go after the quarterback, and then their attempt will be to force mistakes by quarterbacks and take the ball away. That's going to be a weekly point from Jeremy Pruitt to his defense and probably to us when he speaks to the media, when he talks to the fans about what they're trying to do, it's going to be about taking the ball away. But I, I think if you look at defensive play in the SEC, Georgia is the leader and it's not even close. Georgia really is in a category on its own. But you have Georgia, Mississippi State's defense has actually played really well. The conversation is going to be around the offense and Mike Leach and what he's able to do there. 
But Mississippi State's defense is second in the league in total defense and the only other team in the conference allowing less than 300 yards per game. It's Georgia at 236, Mississippi State at 285, and then South Carolina is third, actually, at 330. Tennessee's fifth, as I mentioned. And when you look at the early results, Alabama is 11th in total defense. LSU is 12th. Florida is 13th in the SEC. They're awful. Ole Miss is by far the worst. It's not even close. They're giving up 641 yards per game. Lane Kiffin is producing on offense, and his team is giving up on defense. It's been a a disastrous start with DJ Durkin there leading the defensive side for Ole Miss. So again, I would just say this segment, it would be about Tennessee's defense. Not great. It's not where Jeremy Pruitt wants it to be. It's not a top five to 10 defense in the country as SP plus projected at the beginning of the season, but it's also a defense that I think got better from week two to week three and will get better as this season goes along and needs to be good against Kentucky. If Tennessee's defense is good and is able to slow down their running attack on Saturday, if Tennessee's offense can put some points on the board and pressure Terry Wilson and or Joey Gatewood at quarterback and make them move the ball through the air, throwing the ball, then I think Tennessee's defense is going to have Kentucky right where it wants it. If it's a close game early, if Kentucky's able to run the football with success, then it could get interesting in the second half. Coming up next here on Locked on Vols, I'm going to talk to Blake Lovell of Blue Ribbon Yearbook. We're going to talk about what the appropriate response is from Tennessee's game against Georgia and the importance of this week against Kentucky. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. It is presented by BuiltBar.com. Remember, using promo code Locked On gets you 20% off your next order. And when you check out Built Bar, you have to check out all the options that they have, all the different flavors that they have available. My favorite, I've told you, it's really a, a mix of either peanut butter or peanut butter brownie. Think about this, though. The peanut butter, I think it's delicious. It also is a healthy option for you with 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams net carbs. That's with the peanut butter option. 18 grams of protein with coconut almonds. 17 grams of protein with cookies and cream. They have a bunch of different flavors for you to choose from. So whatever you might like, I promise you're going to find there at BuiltBar.com. 18 amazing flavors to choose from. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And as I mentioned, a healthy option for you. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in fiber and protein. That's at BuiltBar.com. So go by the website and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I want to welcome to the show Blake Lovell. Find him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell with Blue Ribbon Yearbook. As college basketball season's getting closer, we'll tell you how they can help you get ready. Before that, football season, of course, continues. And Blake, I appreciate the time as always. This past Saturday did not go well for Tennessee against Georgia. We're now a few days removed. What's the appropriate conversation, do you think, on Tennessee's side coming out of a blowout loss, now looking ahead to Kentucky this week and seven games still remaining this year? Yeah, Josh, I think we, we said when we talked last week, um, sometimes things can be pretty simple. And, uh, you know, how you win a game can be a pretty simple thing. And I think that it sort of played out kind of what we said. We said the, the way for Tennessee, the path ahead – for them to win this game at Georgia was to take care of the ball and not basically uh, force mistakes and basically be the ones to sort of beat themselves. And and we saw, I mean, it was a, it was a tale of two halves in that regard in terms of uh, how things played out. And of course you come right out in the second half, you've got all this momentum and you just, you turn the ball over and it, it completely changes the game. I know Jeremy Pruitt said that afterwards, you know, that things can be pretty simple. Uh, you can't turn the ball over. You certainly can't turn the ball over against a team that, you know, is a national championship caliber team 
And that's what Tennessee did. And so I think moving forward now, you know, it's obviously just a matter of, of being able to, when you play against those good teams, and I remember we had this conversation back in the summer, you can beat Missouri, you can beat South Carolina, you can beat teams like that, but you have to start to prove that you can beat Georgia and, and Florida and all these teams regularly, not just, you know, maybe here or there every now and then. To, to get to that level, you have to be able to do these these things like this and even the smaller things. And I think that's what Tennessee has to focus on here with Gordon. As we know, you know, quarterback situation, lots of talk around that, but uh, there's just a lot of things that I think this team still has to fix in terms of beat these upper echelon type teams. Yeah, and at the beginning of this episode, Blake, I was talking about the latest with the quarterback position. As Jeremy Pruitt said on Monday, Jarrett's the best guy for them right now at that spot. And I also said I can't guarantee he's the guy all year long because last year it didn't play out that way. But uh, Jeremy Pruitt still believes that that's the right way to go about it right now with Jarrett Garantano. And obviously if the offensive line doesn't play well, then then Garantano or the other guys I don't think will either. But is that the right approach right now? Do you think that Jeremy Pruitt's taking? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, like you said, I mean, it's it's something where, look, I mean, we, we do probably have to keep in mind that this is still a team that you look at and you kind of look, you know, at the way they started the season. It's not like this is a team that's sitting here at 0-3 or anything like that. We've seen some positives from this group already. But at the same time, you know, it's still a situation where I think this sort of opens people's eyes a little bit more when you have a game like this. And like you said, if the offensive line doesn't play well, that opens up that conversation too. But when you're playing these types of teams, I think if you're a Tennessee fan sitting here and you're looking at the quarterback situation, you're looking at all these different things and saying, okay, we want to be at that level at the top again to where we're at the very top of the SEC. And then you see a game like this where it feels like you you know, you know, slide a little bit further back and you're like, okay, well, maybe here we go again in some of these big games against these top teams. And I think I can understand the frustrations there. So if you come out, you know, if you have this, this type of, I guess, similar performance, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, then, you know, certainly that conversation gets even stronger. But at the same time, I do think this opens people's eyes a little bit more and saying, okay, well, we think we're on the right path as a program, but to get there, we still have to find a way to play better overall in these types of games and to win these types of games. Blake Lovell here on Locked on Vols. And of course, you got to win this week against Kentucky. Bama's coming up next week. What have you thought about what Mark Stoops has done over the last few years, especially at Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, that's such a, you know, you think about this, and we we always talk about Kentucky just in the landscape of, of SEC sports, and everyone just talks about basketball, and, and understandably so. I mean, we know the tradition of that program and everything, but when you look at what they've been able to accomplish, I think, in football, and you kind of see the trajectory they've made as a program over the years, there's a lot to be impressed about, I think. You just sort of look at, at what they've been able to do, because again, Traditionally, this is not a program that it's been easy to have, you know, eight, nine, ten, whatever wins at. And I think the fact is, you know, he's done what a, a lot of successful coaches, I think, at different programs have been able to do. And and I don't want to make the exact same comparison to Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt right now is not in a good spot. But I think when James Franklin was at Vanderbilt, even those years, probably when Bobby Johnson was there, when they started having some success, they leaned into, I think, the things that they understood that could make them successful within the SEC landscape. And again, we're talking about different programs that, you know, Kentucky Vanderbilt still pretty different uh, when you terms of, uh, you know, where those programs have been in the past. But at the same time, I think that's what they've been able to do Kentucky. They've leaned into the things that are saying, okay, how can we find, I guess the competitive edge is the word that's always used, but it's like, 
what are the things that can sort of set us in that situation where we're different than, than these other teams and we have the best chance to win and they've recruited better? I think they've found systems, you know, that, that's worked for them. And so, I, I mean, I can't say it up. I mean, I know there have been some frustrating, you know, games along the way, frustrating losses and such for Kentucky. But uh, you think about where that program was at one point and kind of what they've been able to accomplish to, to get to as many bowl games as they have. Uh, I think it's pretty impressive overall. Yeah, it's a, a team and a program I think you have to take seriously, and Tennessee needs to this week. Blake, uh, football season, of course, continues three weeks in now to the football season. We are, what, a month and a half away from college basketball starting up. Blue Ribbon's getting everybody ready. Uh, now you have the yearbook available, uh, digital copy. What should people know? What can they look for from Blue Ribbon Yearbook? Yeah, blueribbonyearbook.com. We talked about a lot uh, here, Josh, as we've been working on it for, for the past several months, and uh, it is officially out in digital form. Uh, we'll have the print version out uh, probably in a couple weeks here. should be around that time, so uh, you can go ahead and pre-order that uh, over at blueribbonyearbook.com. But yeah, digital version out uh, online, so you can check out. Uh, obviously, we've talked about where we picked Tennessee uh, as the team to win the SEC, but not just that, uh, but as a, a preseason uh, top five team uh, in our in our look. I mean, we, we said it. I mean, just look at how talented this team is. And uh, when you compare them to the other teams around the country, this feels like a team that can compete, for, you know, for a national championship that can uh, get to a Final Four. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can check out all their information. Of course, our, our in-depth preview on Tennessee, but all the other teams uh, around the country uh, there as well in the Blue Ribbon Airport. Blue Ribbon Yearbook will get you ready for the college basketball season, which will be here before we know it. Blake, appreciate the time as always. The last couple of weeks, you've had the uh, the four-legged heckler in the background as well. So uh, <laughs> uh, appreciate the, uh, the the background involvement for the show. Yes, well, uh, I've, it's gotten to a point now, Josh, where it's like just clockwork. I think anytime I do a podcast, uh, the dogs could be sleeping for seven hours. And then by the time they hear that I'm going on a podcast, they get going for about 15 minutes. So, yeah, unfortunately, uh, that's the case. But uh, I guess they keep things entertaining. Well, I, in the background, I hear a small human in my house that's making some noise <laughs> on the other end of the house as well. So it's uh, it, you're right. Like clockwork. Hey, Blake, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. You got it, Josh. Thanks. And I appreciate you being here on today's show. I know the continued talk about the quarterback position and what's going to happen there and what the problems have been has got to be tiring. I know that, but it's also probably the number one topic heading into this game against Kentucky is what happens at that position and will probably be a big talking point all season long. Tomorrow's show will start to help transition into the Kentucky game. As we talked about there, it's it's an important one, obviously, for the Vols. What will Tennessee need to do this week? That'll be a big focus. We'll get some recruiting talk in as this week goes along as well here on Locked on Vols. Thank you for being here on today's show. Thanks to everybody who has left a rating and review for the show. Welcome new listeners. Locked on Vols is here five days a week. You can find it anywhere. You listen to podcasts. Go find it on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, you name the podcast provider, we will be there. Thank you for being here today. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Vols.